Hey y'all, welcome to Best Virginia, the podcast where we talk about the fascinating history, culture, and folklore of the wild and wonderful state of West Virginia. You got shot, you got stabbed, you lost everything that you had. There ain't no time to wonder why, but to hang your head and cry, oh no. Like you guys talk about just all the out, all the outdoors aspects, and I think that's really cool. Other than just the activities, um, you know, looking at the ecosystems and the effects that we have on the land, and vice versa. I've I've noticed I've looked at some of your articles, and they seem to touch on you know, on those things as well as just like the fun stuff to do outside. Right. Yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, when the magazine was started, it kind of started as a where to, how to tourism guide to kind of get people out out and about in these areas, which is important, and, and that's a really important thing to do, to use media for that kind of stuff. But when we took it over, we really saw an opportunity to turn it into more of a magazine that uh, touches upon issues, uh, people, history, ecology, diversity, um, environmentalism. We don't get extremely political, but we've, but we've you know, touched upon advocacy uh, policy at times. We're really trying to uh, increase the fear of what we cover instead of just telling people, you know, the five best trails. Um, and so we take that seriously and we really enjoy sitting down and brainstorming what crazy stuff to write about next. Right. And I think that the education piece is important because other than just, you can go online and find anywhere to just go and hang out and ask people where to hike, where to fish and things like that. But you know, kind of learning a little bit about what's going on in the areas specifically is is extremely important as well. Yeah, and we take we take the responsibility extremely seriously. Uh, we're super cognizant, or we or we try to be extremely cognizant of what and how we publish about areas. Uh, you know, we try to look at areas that are heavily impacted, or maybe areas that have some iffy access issues, and we look at how we should cover them because um, we don't want places to be trampled to death. 
but we do want people to go out and be able to use our magazine to increase their their love for the state. And I think give some like give some coverage to areas that maybe aren't as well you know well explored, I guess, or places people don't necessarily think about to go on an adventure. And some of my favorite stories in the magazine are from people who talk about birding in their backyard during the pandemic and just loving the experience of watching this little bird come and eat at their feeder every day (laughs) or someone uh you know recently in charleston just wrote about how she used to love going on these big you know road trips and adventures and all always had to do really gnarly outdoor activities but now she's really just loving exploring the trails around her home and it's like i think in the outdoor world there's this kind of expectation that everything always has to be big and adventurous and grand and really challenging and it really doesn't have to be that way so we like to give a lot of coverage to just cool things that you can see while you're outside you know some of the educational components because the natural world is just cool like I wrote a story about moths and I had no idea how truly amazing these little plants were until I started talking to people about it there's just all sorts of fun stuff to do here that doesn't necessarily have to be big or intimidating or scary. Right. It's just such a broad spectrum of, you know, from small stuff and big stuff. And like the people that chase the, uh, you know, chase the thrills and chase the the big things. Like, um, and don't get me wrong, those things are awesome too. Uh, but like Dylan was saying earlier, like visiting all the national parks and things like that. But also kind of taking a step back and you know we do have a lot of really cool stuff just you know just walking around and just growing in our backyards and i think it is really cool to to pay attention to those things too we also um i do i do want to point out that uh we have given a lot of coverage to areas that are often covered um and we really want to expand our coverage to the more underserved areas of the state um i know that there are parts of west virginia that have really awesome outdoor uh, outdoor recreation resources that Nikki and I don't really, you know, know about. We're we're just two people doing this magazine, so we're limited in the scale and scope of what we can always do on our own. So, in the interest of wanting to grow what we cover and serve these underserved areas, I definitely encourage anyone who's listening to this who has ideas about articles for, uh, you know, the southern coal fields part of the state, or like around Charleston area, or the eastern Panhandle. Uh, or Parkersburg area to reach out to us with my ideas because I would love to hear. Yeah, me too. Well, y'all heard that. So, <laughs> you know, I think it's really interesting though because the areas that you just mentioned are are where a lot of my listeners are. Um, you know, I've, mm-hmm. I've got them scattered, you know, throughout most of the state here and there. But you know, a lot of I'm originally from Boone County, and my wife is originally from Parkersburg. So, mm-hmm. you know, we do have a lot of listeners in those areas just through word of mouth. Um, cool. So, yeah, I, I think hopefully hopefully a little bit of traffic will come your all's way uh, because I do, yeah. you know, because you're right. I mean, there are lots of, I'm just thinking about, you know, back home in Boone and Logan and Mingo. There's a lot of cool little places there, cool spots. And yeah, it, and it's just a, yeah. just a neat little place that's kind of under the radar a lot of times. Right. Yeah, and I feel um, once again, I don't, I don't want to put uh, words in people's mouth or speak to things that I don't know. But I feel like a lot of these areas that are underserved and 
could use opportunities could benefit from this coverage as opposed to some areas where people are like, oh, you know, there's already tons of people here. We don't need more articles about the same places to bring more people to them. And so I would love to use the magazine uh, and our platform to help improve those areas of the state that could really use it. Right, and I think that's really cool, and I respect that. Um, one mind, or one place that comes to mind for me is the it's the Chief Logan State Park. That, that was just the cool place growing up, and I feel like a lot of people don't really, it doesn't really get much traffic anymore. Um, they do a lot of really cool stuff out there. There's so many stories of people growing up and, you know, like having a park to go to. and It makes such a big difference when you're a kid, like a playground. <laughs> yeah. I, and, you know, I just remember this place is just so cool. And we all, they put like a huge elaborate uh, Christmas light um, display out every year. And all of the, uh, like all of the kids in the vocay programs and like the welding programs at the local high schools, they help make the Christmas lights. And it's oh, always awesome. just, yeah. yeah, it's so cool. when like you go and you tune your radio into a certain station and listen to Christmas music and yeah, it's so cool. It, it was always like, Hey, have you gone to see the lights yet? And like, it's just something that everyone did every year. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's so much stuff that we don't know about in this state. Yeah. But it's always amazing to hear about it. It's like there's, we will never, ever, ever run out of cool story ideas because there's just so much here and so many things that, yeah, we haven't even heard of yet. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I think I started backwards, um, but I just want to ask about, you know, if ask you guys to talk a little bit about some of the cool stuff that there is to do, um, some of the outdoorsy stuff around the state. Yeah. Oh, man, where do we start? Um I think I'll start off by saying that West Virginia is such an amazing place that we have, we really do have a range of activities uh, that are on the uh, oh, a world-class level. Um, whitewater that we have here is some of the best in the country, and that's because of the way the Appalachian Mountains formed, and also because our water is warm. So, like, there's a lot of uh, paddling opportunities out west, but a lot of the water is snow melt based and so it's super cold. So people can paddle here year round. Obviously the water's cold in the winter, uh, but folks do paddle year round. Uh, we're just getting into paddling. We bought our first draft last year. Um, so we go on the Cheat River a lot, which is one of my favorite waterways in the state. Uh, shout out to Friends of Cheat, who've done amazing work in cleaning up that uh, region and making the Cheat one of the gems of the northern part of the state. Yeah, so like the white water is incredible here. And um, I also want to throw out a fun fact. Uh, that West Virginia is the most mountainous state in the entire country. So I don't think a lot of people realize that. So, you know, obviously we don't have 14ers. Um, I do like to joke that the uh, Rockies are just Appalachian wannabes because the Appalachian Mountains are super old. Um, I guess the largest continuous mountain chain on the continent and uh, one of the oldest. And, and uh, the New River is the oldest river on the continent. So it's just an ancient landscape. It's well-worn. It's extremely accessible. Uh, we don't have the imposing landscapes of the desert or like the Rockies. So humans can get in and around almost all the landscapes here. Uh, that gives us a lot of great opportunities for hiking and mountain biking and uh, backpacking, things like that. We got really into cross-country skiing this year and backcountry skiing. Thank God we finally had a great winter. <laughs> um, but West Virginia, we don't have, you know, like I said, we don't have uh, the Rockies. But when the snow is good here, we have a lot of steep, steep slopes and thick forests. 
some of the backcountry skiing here is just as good as you're going to find with, you know, tree skiing out west. And uh, it's, or better. it's just going to Yeah. There's rock climbing yeah. pretty much everywhere. Yeah, fantastic rock, rock climbing. We just had uh, a piece in our spring issue about a climber who established the hardest sport climbing route uh, east of Colorado. So that's big news in the rock climbing world. Uh-huh. Um, so it's cool to know that West Virginia Cliff Line now houses one of the hardest climbing routes in the country. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the mountain biking scene in West Virginia is really blowing up in all the right ways. This state has you know, seemingly endless terrain for great mountain bike trails. Uh, we have a lot of public land, too, which is not normally the case in the east. So the um, potential for mountain biking development in this state is huge. We just saw uh, the Snowshoe Ride Center get silver designation from uh, IMBA, which is the International Mountain Biking Association. And so that's a big deal for that region. That kind of stuff brings in people who come to visit that as a, as a uh, as like destination mountain biking region. The Forest Service is doing exciting things with Nartrax region, mountain biking trail uh, development there. The West Virginia State Park System, definitely got to give them some credit. They're, they're really embracing mountain biking. Uh, and there's been a lot of trail um, development in the state park system in the last year with, uh, with a lot more plans. And it's really great to see the state uh, embrace uh, the mountain biking scene. Mountain bikers typically come in and they spend money on their trips. So it, I think it'll be a great economic boon for the state. Yeah, my only other thought about mountain biking is there's a group called MICA, and that's really been getting a ton of younger kids into biking too, which has been awesome just for like building community and obviously huge health benefits for getting kids out on bikes, and they love it. Yeah, I think that's the National Interscholastic Cycling Association. There'll be more when you double-check that. Um, yeah, yeah, there's a big scene, like a racing scene in West Virginia that's getting kids into in, into mountain biking and also into the, the joy of the uh, competitive race team. Wow, that's really cool. I hadn't heard about that, but that is, you know, I, I love any time we get kids involved with stuff like that and, you know, get them outside, yeah. get them off the Xbox and, you know, let them yeah. get some activity and stuff because all that stuff is just super important and you don't realize that until you start to get older a lot of times and yeah. just realize how right. important the outdoors and just physical activity is in general. And I do think, you know, the the mountain biking scene is not one I'm very familiar with, but, um, you know, just I think lots of those types of things are growing, um, you know, as kind of really unrelated. But I've really gotten into disc golf over the last couple of years, and I've noticed yeah, that <laughs> it's awesome. We just bought a basket and, uh, you know, like portable practice, practice basket that we set up in our yard. Okay. Throw some during the work day. I'm jealous. Is there like some fun disc golf courses around there? Yeah, there are so many. And and they're supposed to be, rumor has it, that they're putting in a couple more. Um, but it, it's something that I've noticed is growing. I don't really play competitively, but I know a lot of people who do. And they just talk yeah. about how many more people have got started getting into the tournaments the last couple of years. And just how many people I've I know that are starting to play just recreationally, and it's just some, it's just so cool that people, more people are starting to pick up new things outside and yeah. just learn new things like that. And you know, just and disc golf is so cool because it's kind of like a hike that you just stop and throw frisbees in the middle of. Yeah, 
Yeah, although sometimes after we play, I play like aggressively. I'm super sore the next day. (laughs) (laughs) And you usually get a pretty good hike in. Usually, um, depending on which course you're at, you can get upwards of like two miles. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. And it's usually, they're usually really pretty too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's fun playing uh, playing the Blackwater Falls State Park course uh, throughout the season and seeing the different plants come up and bloom and die off and uh, just go from a fog to try and then the snow falls. It's awesome. Oh, that's that sounds amazing. So that's a great sport because anyone can do it. You yeah, know, like mountain biking's a thing where it's like that's a pretty hefty investment to get to get yeah. into it and sure. a lot of maintenance and disc golf. You just buy some discs or just a frisbee and throw right and you know it is obviously still some level of physical activity but it's something that if you haven't gotten able or if you haven't been able to get out in a while or you've been super busy it is something you can get out and enjoy relatively quickly um i mean it's not super time consuming it can be if you want it to be but you can typically play a, an 18 hole course in under two hours yeah right yeah, that's awesome. Great for post-work. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's what I use it for the majority of the time. <laughs> I hope you all are enjoying this episode of Best Virginia. I just wanted to take a second to tell you guys about some of the great merch I offer. If you go to teespring.com, that's T-E-E-S-P-R-I-N-G.com, and search for Best Virginia Podcast, you can find Best Virginia t-shirts, hoodies, crew neck sweatshirts, COVID-19 face masks, and coffee mugs, as well as other things that I'll be adding in the meantime. Now, back to the show. So, thinking a little bit outside the box, I'm sure you all you seem like pretty big outdoors enthusiasts, obviously. So, outside of West Virginia, what are some, some of your favorite things to do or favorite memories or whatever as far as like outdoorsy stuff? Oh, man, that's a tough one. We've gone on uh, a lot of trips. <laughs> I'd say, well, one thing we started doing pre-pandemic was heading out to Colorado in in April when it's, like, pretty muddy here and chasing winter out there and visiting friends and going skiing, and that was amazing and mind-blowing in a totally different way than being in West Virginia just because the mountains are so massive out there. Um, So that's been a blast, just piling all our gear in the car and driving out there in April for a couple weeks. Um, Dylan got to go to Patagonia, because we should probably talk about how cool that was. <laughs> yeah. yeah that, that was a uh, uh, once-in-a-lifetime trip, for sure. Um, I used to do some freelance writing for a website called uh, Root Rated, um, and they sponsored a trip with uh, Marmot and Exoficio to send a couple writers down to northern Chilean Patagonia to... Uh, kind of track and explore and cover a privately owned parcel of land that was being transferred over to the Chilean government to become a national park. Um, so I got sent down with a writer named Samantha Larson from Seattle. Uh, she was a super cool woman. She was the first, or she, she had climbed all seven summits around the world, and she finished it at 18, so she was at the time the youngest female to do all seven summits. So wow. shout out to uh, Samantha. Um, yeah, so they sent us down, uh, to Chile. I was living in Davis at the time. It was 2017, I think. Yeah. And, 
we had had some friends over for the weekend, and we partied, and they left, and I was a little hungover on Sunday. I was checking my email, and I got this email that said, do you want to go to Chile? And I had to, like, shut my computer off and turn it back on and make sure it was real. And then a week later, I was on a plane um, down to Chile. I was able to weasel uh, my good friend, um, Gabe Dewitt, who's a really good photographer based in Morgantown, uh, to come on the trip with me. And uh, so the three of us went and spent about two weeks down in Patagonia, uh, hiking and trekking and surfing and exploring the area. Definitely a once-in-a-lifetime trip. Wow, that sounds amazing. I know. <laughs> I want to go. <laughs> oh, you'll have to take Nikki. Yeah. Yeah. So it was funny because we didn't get paid. Um, you know, they covered the cost of the trip. But Marmot and Ex Officio gave us a ton of gear uh, with the purpose of using it in the photos um, to use as kind of promotional material for all the uh, all the content that we developed from that trip. And so Nikki was living in Pittsburgh at the time when she was in grad school. So I flew out from Pittsburgh. So I had all this stuff mailed to her house. And it was just like box after box after box coming for days on end. It was and, like Christmas. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like bags, tents, clothing. It was just absurd. Um, so that was a fun memory. That sounds pretty yeah. worth it to me. Yeah, for oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, but we are actually getting married this year, and I think we're going to take our honeymoon yeah. in Patagonia because I wanted to take her there and show her all those places and, of course, the new one. So we're hey, there you go. go. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations, by the way. Thanks, Thanks, man. Yeah, we're hoping it all goes well. <laughs> yeah, we had to cancel our, our wedding last year. Um due to COVID, of course, and so we're excited to have it at the end of, end of this year, we think, by then, and it should be safe safe to do so, uh, so we're really excited for that. As you should be. Congratulations. Thanks. Can I your question? I love to travel, but every time I travel, I honestly have a little bit of FOMO for West Virginia, because whenever you leave here, there's invariably something cool happening with all your friends somewhere, and it's, uh, it's a hard state to want to leave sometimes, um, even if you're going traveling somewhere to do some other world class or some other awesome experience, it's, uh, it's hard to leave West Virginia. That's for sure. Not that I've gotten to go to Chile or anything like that, but <laughs> but I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I, think one, I think one thing that we wanted to touch upon uh, is kind of the, um, without getting extremely political, we wanted to touch up touch upon the unique position that West Virginia is in right now in terms of the in terms of the national political conversation. Um, given the current makeup of, of, uh, of Congress, uh, Senator Manchin and Senator Capita both are in key political positions right now. Um, and I think it's really important that we encourage folks to reach out to both of them, to encourage them to invest in infrastructure and also conservation of the environment in this state. Um, there are a lot of opportunities to do so. Senator Manchin can use his, uh, his power right now to hopefully fund a lot of projects in the state. Um, I think that we need to uh, encourage people to push to expand broadband access here. Um, I think West Virginia's uh, the state's goal is to encourage investment in the state, either through, either through corporate investment uh, businesses moving here or, or like people coming here to start small business and without increased broadband access, that's just not, that's not going to happen. 
there are a lot of companies now when they view players, uh, when they look at where to put their headquarters, they factor in what those, you know, what the lifestyle is for their workers because they know that happy workers make a better company. And so, what makes people happy is having access to trails, clean water, access to broadband. Um, and so, I think that West Virginia is really on the on the precipice of offering all that stuff. Uh, and to do that, we need to make sure that we're supporting clean water legislation and that we're uh, improving broadband access. We live right here in Canadian Valley, which is a tourism hotspot, and we have broadband issues. Um, and it's tough when you're a small business that's home-based and your and your internet goes off and on, uh, or it's slow and you can't upload a uh, like you know like a large document. Um, so I think that's really really important that we encourage folks from all sides of the uh, political spectrum to call and um, encourage our senators to use their power right now uh, to get a lot of good things to happen in the state. Right. Thanks for talking about that. That's a pretty big deal. Um, yeah. Because you know, even thinking about broadband and stuff. You know, if you think about going to visit someplace and it's kind of inconvenient not to have, you know, the greatest access and stuff, but for the people that live there and for the people whose companies are based there and things like that, it creates even more of a problem. Oh, yeah, definitely. So it is, yeah. that is a huge and deal. Specifically here in Green uh, Valley, there's a, there's a lot of vacation homes and rentals. Um, and when uh, it's been packed here on the weekend. Uh, with a lot of travelers coming uh, to get out during COVID uh, and just enjoy the state. Uh, we've seen our internet slow way down because there are just more people on an already stressed system. Um, so if we have more people moving here, we have more people visiting, even areas that already have access are going to need better access. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think there's still a lot of areas that don't have access. And so, I mean, this is probably off topic, but like, with the pandemic and kids, you know, having to go to school from home, you know, it's, like, so important that they have access to the Internet so that they can attend classes and, like, maintain, continue learning or, you know, at least be available to access information when they can't go to school. Um, so, yeah, it's important in so many ways on so many different levels. And mm -hmm. I think the nice thing is that sometimes it's easy for people to think about you know, outdoor recreation and the environment, probably pretty clear from our conversation that we really think it's all tied together. And so, yes, we have a platform that's focused on the outdoors um, from a lot of different angles, but really, you know, fighting for clean water and for affordable housing and for broadband access, that's going to help everybody, um, or at least sure. the goal is to help everybody because... All these things are intertwined, so no matter what your background is or what your experience is or where you're coming from, I think there are certain things that we can all advocate for that will really improve the lives of a lot of people here and also make it a more attractive space for people who want to move here, you know, to take advantage of these resources, and that's huge for starting more small businesses and contributing to local economies and just growing this place in, in a really cool way. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, like I said, with the magazine, we don't get extremely extremely political with the magazine. Um, and we do that for a, for a reason. Um, and a lot of people, they say, oh, you know, I pick up a magazine to read about the outdoors. I don't, I don't want to read about politics. Or people say that they go to the outdoors to get away from politics. But the reality is, is that the outdoors is very political. 
uh, you know, access, policy, conservation, stewardship, all that stuff is based on what happens at various political levels. And so it's crucial for people to stay on top of what's going on with things like the Land and Water Conservation Fund, uh, with the Great American Upwards Act that was signed into law last year. Um, and it's really important for people to stay on top of that stuff and make sure that they support the uh, you know, project. Yeah, absolutely. That's a big deal. Um, and I think I think you're right in that people don't really equate those two things, politics and outdoors, a lot. But it is important to to know and be you know be aware of how all that stuff works and and play your part, like you said, making sure you're writing your senators and doing what you need to do to speak out for yourself and for your home. Sure, and people from all walks of life, like you know, like we talked about earlier, people from all walks from all walks of life love the outdoors. Uh, the Great American Outdoors Act was one of the most bipartisan pieces of legislation in recent history in our time of, you know, division and polarization. And so to see that just sends a key message that the outdoors can be political but can also be a rallying cry for everyone from all walks of life. People like to be outside, you know, and so uh, it's, it's really great to see bi- bipartisan support from both of our senators um, on that stuff. Very well said. Thanks so much. This was amazing, and uh, really appreciate you reaching out and your enthusiasm and letting us rant about all sorts of things we care about. And I hope that part of it's useful. <laughs> oh, absolutely! And you know, shout out to Carrie Hensley for kind of hooking I us know. up. And yeah, I think it was such a pleasure having you guys. I, you all have. You all know your stuff for sure and have a lot of good things to say, and I think it's important to get those out there. And, you know, thanks for helping me out too. <laughs> we may have prepped some notes. <laughs> hey, but, uh, that's all good. Awesome. We really, really appreciate it. We don't, we don't get to speak about this part of, you know, the magazine usually just kind of stands on its own, so it's fun to speak about this side of things. Yeah, yeah I'm glad you guys got the chance to. Self-plug and uh, encourage folks to go on our website and subscribe to the magazine. Um, and if you're not able to, then that's then that's fine. Uh, we're always going to offer free because uh, we think the outdoors should be for everyone. Uh, but folks who would like to support us, we would definitely appreciate that. They help us keep this thing going. So uh, go on our website and sign up. You won't regret it. Yeah. <laughs> and support your podcast. Yeah. Also, yeah. Because that's amazing. Yeah. Support well, everything. <laughs> support it all. I appreciate it. Well, awesome. yeah, Jordan, thank you for having fun. This was great. Yeah. yeah, thank you all so much. This has been another episode of Best Virginia Podcast, created and hosted by me, Jordan Mitchell, featuring guests Dylan Jones and Nikki Forrester, and featuring music by 18 Strings. As always, thanks for listening. Stay wild, stay weird, and stay wonderful.